My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest. Now, this man showed me a lot of grace. We've tried to get on the phone quite a few times over the year, but personal trials and tribulations have stopped me from being able to do that. But we've finally made it all the way around full circle. It is the lovable psychopath known as Tommy Vendetta. How are you today, my man? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Dude, pumped to have you, and I'm doing good, man. It's uh, it's been a long week in the old work week for me, and today is the day I get to chill. You know, the the rostered day off, and I just you know get on the the phone with somebody like yourself and shoot the shit. It's a pretty good start to the day. Hell yeah, man! I love it. Awesome, man. So, dude, I've only really got one question, and it just kicks everything off. And it's like when you think back to when you first were exposed to professional wrestling, what were some of the first faces that stood out to you, man? That really you know, caught your attention. Oh, dude, honestly, I was actually just talking to my mom about it a couple of days ago. Mm. I remember, I can't remember how old I was, but I was like, I was young. Like I I wasn't like into middle school or anything at that point. I was still in grade school. Mm. And, um, I remember we went to Disney down in Florida and we were there having a good time. And then we found out that uh, Batista, Rey Mysterio, Bobby Lashley, like all of them were uh, going to be somewhere in Orlando at that point. Because that was when uh, they were in Orlando. It was, I think it was when Mayweather was uh, boxing Big Show. I think it was oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I go, um, I got to meet Batista. His whole hand swallowed my hand. It was really creepy. Uh, Rey Mysterio was cool to me, but like I do, like from the moment I was born, uh, my dad was like big Stone Cold fan. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like he was a he was a firefighter, and he had this little like thumb wrestling thing of Goldberg on. Like he like I I was exposed to it very young, and then uh, I kind of like steered away from it when yeah. I was uh, growing up. Uh, got into the military, and I just didn't have as much like free time to like sit down and watch it. Mm-hmm. And then I was watching, uh, I believe it was Survivor Series. It was Survivor Series 2015 where uh, Reigns just won the title. Confetti's raining down on him. And Sheamus hits the broke kick. Fucking one, two, three. Yes. Loses. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we were in the middle of the ocean. 
it was like 3 a.m. and I'm just wired awake watching this thing, just like trapped in the moment. And, yeah. I, and I just remember thinking at, after that match, I was like, dude, fuck it. I'm going to be a pro wrestler, man. <laughs> who's who's going to tell me I can't, bro? Yeah, yeah. Uh- Dude, that that's crazy. I I also had a dad that was a wrestling fan. He kind of got into it because I, as I started to get into it, like I I had sort of been exposed to it and started like renting tapes and stuff. And then yeah, the Stone Cold stuff started to happen. And and we're obviously in Australia, so we don't get it live. So as we're getting the, you know, the VHS tapes as they're coming, we're watching it all sort of play out. You know, like WrestleMania, it's Brett and him and all that kind of stuff. And my dad was like fucking, he's still obsessed with Stone Cold. Like I'll show him stuff and he'll be like, yeah, they're not really Stone Cold though, are they? Like he just like fucking loves it. <laughs> That's like the equivalent. Like whenever I tell like people like, oh, I'm a pro wrestler. They're like, oh, like, like, like John Cena, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, yeah. That, that stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly like that. <laughs> exactly the same. Uh, it, it, it's hilarious, right? Because that's that's the level, right? Anybody that's like, you know, if you, you want to make it or whatever, you're like, I, I, I haven't made it, made it till Tommy Vendetta's fucking dad's like it, you know? Like, that's when you know you, you've hit it. I showed him uh, some death matches for the first time not that long ago, like a year ago. I did an episode about it. I wanted him to be on it, but he wouldn't do it. So it was called de- watching death matches with my dad, and basically the summary of the entire episode is at the very end. He goes, "Yeah, but they're not really Stone Cold and The Rock, are they?" So- <laughs> oh man, I love it. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you as a kid, were you watching this stuff with him? You know, like sitting down together. Do you have those kind of like uh, yeah. moments and memories? We definitely watched it um, when my mom would let us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if my mom was home, I wasn't allowed to watch it. So I would like have to like sneak down the stairs and be like, what's up? What's up? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then, uh, my dad got out of it for a little bit and then I, it was just kind of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember like, I, I was in high school. I want to say I was like a, like a junior, mm-hmm. maybe a senior. I might've even been a senior in high school. So I was like 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember I had no money and I, it was, uh, I, fuck, I can't even remember what WrestleMania it is. But uh, I asked my mom, I was like, Mom, can you buy WrestleMania for me? Like, if you yeah. do this, I'll do whatever the fuck you want. Like, like, like on pay-per-view, you mean, like, so you can watch it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I had a, a girlfriend at the time who was like, you watch wrestling? And I was like, oh, it's fucking. <laughs> it's dumb. over. It's a wrap. It's a wrap on you. The finish and we are out of here. Yeah. Get out. Like, <laughs> I, I, uh, when I got back into wrestling, uh, I was flicking channels. I was the same. So I was in, um, uh, came to Perth. So I moved to the big smoke. I was doing uni and stuff. I started playing in bands and I did that for about 10 years. And while I was doing that and touring and doing all this stuff, I wasn't watching wrestling. I was sort of still aware of it, but I wasn't really into it. My, my girlfriend, now wife, when we first moved in together, I was flicking through channels and, Speaking of people like like Roman Reigns and stuff, same era, Seth Rollins was on the screen, uh, curb stomping Randy Orton like through a cinder block. And I was like, yo, what's this? And then we we got hooked into it, and, you know, Triple H is there and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I used to love wrestling. She's like, me too. And I was like, oh, I need to marry this girl, eh? And then, we, then I got all back into wrestling and everything led to this because she was into it. And then we would start to like, you know, go to events and travel and We've been to Japan like a bunch of time to wrestle kingdoms and shit like that. So having that support helps. Yeah. She's not 
psycho like I am about it, but she definitely enjoys it. Yeah, she's definitely into it though. I love that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Does your does your existing partner does, is is she into it? Oh yeah, she like uh, I was worried when uh, I was like looking to to get back to the dating life back in like uh, during like during the pandemic really, <laughs> and um, we had just started coming back. Like they were allowing the outdoor shows, and I had had my uh, my death match with Akira where yes. I just was fucked up. Yeah, awesome. and uh, I posted those pictures on my like dating profile because I was like, "Fuck it, if you're gonna if you're gonna date me, you gotta know the real me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And and I remember me and her matched. I like sent her a message and then it took like five minutes before she even asked like what the blood was. And I was like, Oh, I'm a professional wrestler. I, I do deathmatch wrestling. And she was like, what's that? And I was like, I was like, it's like normal wrestling, but then you like add like light tubes and shit. And she was like, that's cool. And I was like, did you fucking say? That's I mean, smart though. That's a filter. So you're not, nothing's hidden away. It's just all out there. And it's like, let's not fuck around. Like, that's what I'm saying, man. It's, you get what you get with me. Yeah. Like, I, I ain't thing. And, uh, but then she came to one of my death matches. I think it was uh, myself, MM3, and uh, uh, the Duke, John Wayne Murdoch. Yeah, okay. Um, and we were going all over the place. I was gushing blood everywhere. Like, And I was expecting, like, I was going to walk to the back, go out and see her, and she was going to be like, and I'm walking out, and she's got this big smile on her face. And I was just like, how would you think? And she was like, that was fucking awesome. And I was like, you want to get a picture? And she was like, fuck yeah. So we did, like a, we did, like, a normal picture. And then we got, like, a picture of us, like, kissing. And I was like, yo, she kissed me? Oh, that's nice. That's, yeah. that's when I knew she was the keeper. Well, absolutely. And, like, that's, a, that's the thing about deathmatch wrestling, right? I challenge anybody to go to an actual real-life deathmatch wrestling show and not have a good fucking time, yeah? We, sure. we found deathmatch wrestling in Japan by accident. Uh, we, like, mm-hmm. went to Karakan Hall or whatever, and, like, we were given a flyer for a big Japan show, and we were just wanting to see as much wrestling as we could when we were there. And we were like, want to go to this? And I go, go to the girls, and I'm like, it says 100 light tube deathmatch. I, th- I think that's that stuff where they do glass and stuff. I don't really know, like, at the time. And then, bro, like, they're putting the tubes on the ropes and people in the front rows are putting on ponchos and shit. And we're like, what's uh, what's going on here? We're just drinking our beers and shit. And then it just, they go in, you know, it's Abdullah Kobayashi to give you, like, an idea of, like, the level <laughs> of fucking chaos that was about to transpire. And, bro, <laughs> bro we were like, that was fucking awesome and it just like it changed like my entire life like as far as like the stuff i would then go on to like and and watch and and cover with this show like and and everything because it, it is that and the girls are even no. whenever we go back to japan and we're sort of girls my wife and a good friend of ours that travels with us we're always like what freedoms can we go to shinkiba first ring yeah big japan like let's do it all like it's fucking awesome man it's oh, killer yeah, yeah and the wife's come with me when we come over to ICW in Australia, like, and Deathmatch Down Under and shit. It's going to be awesome. But we're getting too far ahead. We're going to rewind. Uh, so you you were saying you got into the military. So is that straight out of high school or what were you doing? Yeah. Uh, I was, like, I was 17, um, getting ready to turn 18. I had no idea what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Um, and I was like, screw it, man. Like, I'm going to take four years. I'll go in the military. I was kind of like a... 
I don't want to say like I was a troubled kid because I wasn't by any means like that bad, but like I definitely had some shitty qualities to me. (laughs) And and I think like looking in hindsight, I think I was kind of looking for like guidance in that way. I was like, Mm -hmm. just shut the fuck up and do this. Yeah. And we got best. And I was like, so I went in uh, 18, fresh out, survived boot camp. (laughs) And then, uh, and then spent four years in. Uh, I got to go on a deployment. I went on a mu. So we were on a, a, a ship going all over. We stopped in uh, Portugal. Um, we were in uh, Israel. Uh, we stopped in France. We were over in the Middle East for a while. Uh, Bahrain, uh, Kuwait, Oman. Wow. Uh, um, so I got to travel yeah, and that kind of like. the world. It ignited my bug to like want to see more. Yeah. Like I, w- I want to travel more often because like uh, I had only really been to like Florida, Ohio, and Michigan mm-hmm. uh, before I went into the military. Uh-huh. And then, um, yeah, man. Like I, I spent the four years. I just realized after that I was like, you know what? I'm ready to go be a big superstar now. Uh, so <laughs> it was a combination of wanting to to start pro wrestling and not have like the the back burner of, of being in the military uh but it was also i wanted to be able to grow a sweet beard and get sleeve tattoos and and smoke some weed too. yeah so. <laughs> i understand these temptations in life what what was it that uh what branch of the military it's sort of different here in australia i guess so like what sort of branch of military what are we doing uh i was in the marine corps oh, okay um so there's like we have the the army the navy um, the National Guard, technically, um, the Air Force, and then there's the Marine Corps as yeah. well. That's like the uh, that's the hardcore shit, right? Like super intense boot camp. The like, that's what I, yeah, yeah, that's what I tell everybody. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> You're like we're the best, of the would, best man, fucking. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I'll tell you one thing. Like at boot camp, they, it it was no shit when I went through boot camp. It's yeah. a little bit different now because like obviously they they can't you know like lay hands on you and shit. Yeah, yeah. As well. Uh, but I remember one day I was just like standing there, like minding my own business. Like we were all getting ready to do stuff. And my drill instructor popped the corner and just Spartan kicked me in the chest. And Jesus I was like, <laughs> he was like, you got to make sure you have your 180 covered, man. Have your 180 covered. And just walked away. I was like, what Yo. am I doing with my... <laughs> like, wow. It's like always be ready because we're like coming for you. Oh, dude! Uh, it, it honestly, like looking back on it, it, in the in the moment, it was one of the worst times of my life. Yeah. Like, had ten out of ten wouldn't have suggested it. Yeah. Well, like hindsight, looking back, like I tell stories to people all the time, uh-huh. and I'm like laughing when I'm telling them, and they're like, "How is that funny?" And I'm like, "I guess it's just a, like you had to experience it type of thing." Yeah. But like, I would uh, if they had like a program where you could go back and just be like, for like a week. Just yeah. go and like have yeah. dudes yell at your face and shit. Cause dude, they would say some of the funniest shit to you. Like you would be, you would look at them and they'd be like, Oh, you're looking at me. You want to fuck me? And it's like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like full metal jacket level, like fucking just the, the insults and stuff, oh, the intention. It's mental games all over. Cause then if you say no, they're going to be like, why am I not beautiful? And it's like, <laughs> <sighs> Uh, I, I don't know how to answer I've that. I've been told like, I've got rugged good looks. You say my mother's been lying to me my whole life. And you're like, no, I love your mother. Oh, now you love my... Like, there's no correct answer. <laughs> yep. 
Fuck. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, right? When you think about going through like shitty situations, like, and I've been on this, and this is nothing kind of I, I think even close to something like that. But you know, like when say you go on like a real shitty holiday, or you go to something and like everything goes wrong. And you've got the choice to either just laugh at it, embrace it, and go, I'm going to have a good time in face of all this shit, or I'm going to let it uh, let it fucking ruin me. You just got to laugh in the face of it, right? Like, I remember, I can't believe I'm comparing a fucking open-air festival to a fucking marine boot camp. But So we go, we travel to the other side of Australia. We've spent a lot of money. We're going to go to see Unify Festival. It's like, you know, bands like Every Time I Die and shit, like headlining. It, it's going to be a banger time. It's the, one of the first times that I've done like a camping one where you've got like a plot of ground and you, we've hired tents and shit, we've hired a big car and we're going to go there. And when I say that like it was smooth skies and everything was awesome, nothing was supposed to go wrong, and then the very first night, I, I don't know, a fucking cyclone hit the place and it was just rained out. Like our tent was destroyed. I woke up in the morning and it was like this, so... This isn't a, a video medium for anybody else, but Tommy will see. So I'm laying there on my back, and I just hear this whoom, whoom, and I look, and it's like the tent canvas just coming closer and closer to my face as it just, like, blows in the wind. And I get out, and, like, the tent poles have, have snapped to kindling. They're supposed to be, like, rated to, like, 250 knots or whatever. Like, the guy's like, you could take this on Everest, man. And, like, everything was fun. We got our money back for the tents. So we had no accommodation. We just had to sleep upright, like, in the car. And we're just like, do we go home? Like, I'm like, is th- is this done? Like, to my wife? And she's just like, no, we just drink. And I'm like, yeah, we do. And so we just, just started drinking. We would just fucking huddle in the back. Of- we're lucky we had, a like, a van that we hired. So we'd just, like, huddle in the back of there and we'd drink and we'd just go to the concert. And we were wet for three days. And we're just like, fuck it. And we just laughed about it the entire time. I imagine it's like that. And that's how the brain sort of comprehend shit like what you're going through where you're like at the end of the day you just go look back and go that was fucking hilarious when he said that said that shit to me like you've just got to, got to laugh at the entire situation dude it, it's even like that for like road trips and shit like we'll, we'll, me and my buddy Aaron yeah, you guys must do it all the time with wrestling as well right like fucking driving so many hours for like one thing and like it's a you get there and there's three payers like it must be fucked <laughs> Dude, I, I remember we, we drove to, it was like an 11-hour car ride. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we had to drive back, and we would uh, we, we got out of the show at like 10 o'clock at night. So we're driving like through the night to try and yeah. get home. Mm-hmm. And dude, it, like, I think it turned into like an 18-hour. Um, it felt like at least it might have been like probably like 14, 15. Yeah. I just remember we got back and I got out of that car and I looked at Aaron and I was like, dude, no offense. I don't want to fucking see you. <laughs> I have told this exact story before on the show with my band. Dude. Like we used to hire, we hired like a fucking big Tarago, you know, five guys. We'll do the tour like this. We'll start in Queensland and we'll make all the way around to South Australia. We'll just drive it. It'll be cheaper. And I remember literally I pulled up in a, like, we're talking halfway point as well. Pulled up at a, a fucking, uh, you know, caravan part, we pull in, I get out and I just grab my bag out the back and I just start walking away. And the guy's are like, where are you going? I'm like, when's the show? And they're like, 9 p.m. tonight. I'm like, I'll see you at 9 p.m. And I just fucked up. I just went and sat on my own, like in the cinema and like eating on my own in silence because I was like, I can't look at these motherfuckers. It almost broke up the band. Like we had to have three months off when we got back because we're like, we're all friends 
but we just can't be around each other for a while until we think because it was just too much, you know, like living on top of each other. Oh, dude, a hundred percent. Like we, we even for like three hour car rides, it would get bad for like me and Death Threat Army because we'd all pile into one car. Yes. So there'd be like five of us, and then like we're crammed in the back, and then one guy's trying to adjust, and I'm like, "Yo, if you move one more time, I'm gonna saw your elbows off, bro." <laughs> Like, and you've got big buddies. dudes in this faction, so I imagine that that's... Oh, a... oh, yeah. And, well, and then, like, it's just weird shit pisses you off after a while. Yeah. Like, my, my buddy Alex, when we stop, you can get, like, those, like, refrigerated cold sandwiches that you have to, like, microwave. Yeah. So he'll just get those, but, like, not microwave them. He'll just eat them cold. What? <laughs> and I'm like, like, we get in the car, we settle down, I, like, open up my Pop-Tart or whatever, and I look over and I see that, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Yeah. And he was like, I'm eating, and I was like, heat it up like a normal person. We got we got into like a 45 minute debate in the back seat while he was eating this fucking weird ass cold burger thing. And then like we got to the the venue and the first thing I like got out of the car I was like, "Yo, who else does this?" Like, <laughs> everybody and he's like, "Yo, it's not a big deal." And I'm like, "No, fuck you, dude. Like that's the most disgusting thing." <laughs> like same thing, dude. Like, and he's just like, "I'm just trying to eat a sandwich, man." Like Dude, it gets bad, man. Yeah, no doubt. I, I can only even fucking imagine. You, you're just like, you, you're just like in there, like niggling at everyone's things. And like two of our, two of the guys in the band were like the funniest fucking dudes, man. Especially when they were together. But when they're the two driving and they're at the front and just constantly doing stupid voices and talking the same shit over and over, you're like, yo, shut the fuck up and, like, put on some music. It's like, do I have to hear this? They're like, no, I'm not going. And you're like, oh, I'm going to fucking jump over this and crash this car and kill us all. I, I used to just put on headphones and just, like, try and go to sleep and shit. I was like, don't even fucking talk to me. Yeah. I'm for sure that guy. Like, I get in the front seat, and if it's me and one of my boys, and we have, like, that one joke that we're stuck on yeah. for that time, yeah, I'm saying it 150 <laughs> times. Like, and uh, I know when I piss people off, because I'll start seeing headphones go in, or they'll start closing their eyes, and, like, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, usually at that point, that's when we're getting tired, so then we just, like, pop on in a, like a podcast or something. Yeah. And cruise. It must be, like... For for you, it must be a little bit uh, more intense situation sometimes as well because you you guys are like jumping cars with people that you know are just going to the same place for their own reason, but aren't necessarily like we were a band. We had a, like a group thing we were going to do, and maybe with Death Thread, it's a little bit different. But when you're like, who's going here? Oh, this guy, this guy, and some people you don't even know and shit, and you're like, I yeah. fucking can't with this person right now. <laughs> yeah, I I've been stuck in many a car where one of the people is the most annoying human being I've ever met in my entire life. And yeah. if I had to either decide between kicking them out of the car in five hours or killing myself in that moment, <laughs> I would in that moment if someone put me back in it. Just on like, the dude, riser. The worst. And you're just sitting there and you're like, you can't say anything because you don't know them. And you're just like, shut the fuck up. Like, oh, man. Oh man, I I can I do not envy it, but also there's something there's something about it when you look back that you're like I'm so glad I lived through that fucking terrible experience because I now get to tell the story, right? hundred percent, dude. Like I I come home from these road trips and I like start telling telling my girlfriend or I'll tell my mom, 
and my mom just sits there laughing and she's like, you just need to be a stand-up comedian. And if like, if wrestling doesn't work out for you, you got that as your fallback. And I'm yeah. like, well, I guess that's the case. Yeah, exactly. Well, it doesn't surprise me to hear that because like wrestlers are like this Venn diagram of all these weird talents and then it then comes through. You know, you, you look at some wrestlers like, like the likes of Chris Jericho and stuff. He's like the funniest dude ever, you know. It, it, it's even as he gets older and stuff. It's like you just want to watch his segment with the mic because you're like, "What bullshit's he going to come up with now?" You know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, yeah. So rewinding it back a little bit to the the military stuff. Um. So so you're in the Marine Corps. You're going through fucking intense boot camp with some ridiculous fucking training and stuff. How how is it? get it what you you know you're getting through that and then you're actually getting into i guess service what mm-hmm. what does that look like because obviously you you've got very strict guidelines you don't have a lot of freedom as a young man how does how does that all work dude that's honestly uh it's not terrible uh-huh. like you you're kind of in your it, it's like your own little world essentially like you, everybody has their purpose so like you just kind of go to work you're doing your job like it's not necessarily a nine to five. It's like a 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. type thing. Yeah. Like you're doing your thing. Um, like you're going on field ops to like keep your training up and stuff like that. If you're deployed, you're doing like relations with people in those countries. Um, but like, honestly, there were, I have so many stories from the military of nights where we would just like go out get a bunch of alcohol, go back to the barracks and just get like absolutely shit tanked. And then just be hanging out, vibing, or we'd like go out on town and then like Uber back, and like it, it, you you have you have enough freedom that you don't hang yourself with it. Essentially, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, a lot of guys, you get a steady paycheck. It's the first steady paycheck you've ever. For me, it was like the first steady paycheck. So like, I blew through so much fucking money, <laughs> like, and they they and you don't have bills and like, stuff, right? They take care of it, so it's just money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and uh, it like it, it kind of kept it to where you were able to do the things that if you fucked up in the normal world, you'd go to jail, you'd get, like, you'd get massive, like, penalty, fine, and things like that, where, like, if you're sitting in the barracks and you're just hammered and PMO shows up and they're like, hey, why are you drunk? You're just like, well, I'm drunk. And they're like, well, go back to your room. They don't, like, arrest you for a public intoxication type yeah. thing. So, like... But in, in that regard, when I got out of the military, it was like a cold wake-up call type thing where I was like, oh, man, there's no more safety net anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's real out here. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Did you ever, like, talk about get it, getting all the drinks and stuff at the, the barracks? you ever have to, like, do drills and train and stuff while hungover? You and the, the boys had a few too many kind of things that you're just like, this is the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> Yeah, I I remember we came back uh, we came back from deployment and uh, EDC New York. I don't know if you know what EDC is. Um, it's like an electronic music festival. Okay. Uh, so like Zed, um, like uh, shit like them, like Marshmallow, like they're all like they're doing their shit. It was in New York. I was stationed in North Carolina, so that's like a I think it was like a nine ten hour drive, and you have like a certain like mile distance you can go on a weekend uh-huh. and it was way outside of what we were supposed to go yeah and i remember we had a bunch of money after deployment so my buddy was like hey dude tickets are 300 bucks let's go 
We're going to just fucking vibe out in New York. Let's do it. So we go. We have an amazing time. Drank for like the like the whole day once we got there, the whole day of the event, and then the whole day the next day up until when we had to leave because one of my buddies was sober. Um, and he drove – He shout out to Garrett. He, he drove us <laughs> – the whole way there, or well, not there, but back, he drove us the whole way. And that was like through the middle of the night because we, we got hammered drunk. Yeah. And on our way back, we like were, we were stopping at McDonald's to get like large cups so we could put like our Bud Light, like Limeritas in it and stuff. And our my buddy who's sober as hell driving, he's just like, I fucking hate all of you, man. Yeah, why have I done and, this? Why have I put myself in this position? <laughs> Dude, oh no, he he hated his life. I felt so bad. Yeah, but we get back to the barracks at like five a.m. We have a six a.m. Forma- uh, formation because we're gonna go on a th- uh, a one and a half mile run. Oh my god! Uh, so we, I get to the room. Me and my buddy who went together both drop our bags, and I was like, "Dude, we gotta be up in like forty minutes." <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, we do." And I was like we might as well not sleep. And he was like, we might as well just keep drinking. And so we had this coffee flavored moonshine. Oh my God. I hope it's got real caffeine in it at this stage. Oh no, dude. And, and in my brain though, I was like, bro, that's got coffee in it. Yeah. Like, well, we, it'll wake us up and keep us drunk. So we won't be hung over. And genius. Like, we figured it out. <laughs> we figured it out. So we both take this big shot of it. Oh my we go God. doing this, doing the moto run. It turned into like a two mile run. And I remember we're like maybe like a quarter of a mile to where we're at the finish. Yeah. And uh, we were just in like a dead sprint. And I, we like started jogging again. And I could feel it just bubbling up. Oh, no. And I was like, I ain't going to make it. And he goes, no, dude. And I turned and like ran to the side and started puking and the, everybody starts cheering and uh, screaming. They had to have known that we were here. Cause like I could smell the alcohol on yeah. my breath. Like, <laughs> and you're the drunk I was guy. like probably just leaking fucking whatever the hell we drank, man. And then I, we, we ended up getting cut for the day after that. Um, they like let us chill for the rest of the day. So we went back to my room. I like jumped in the shower. And when I got out of the shower, my same buddy was sitting at my door and he hit, we were on like a Mike's hard kick at the time. Yeah. So he had Mike's hard lemonades and he was clinking them together. And he was like, <laughs> you ready? And I was like, bro, what the fuck are we doing, man? Like we need to sleep, but uh, guess not. No, I do not. No, we, there was many a sleepless night, dude. Oh many my a God, sleep. That is chaos. Oh, okay. So you somehow you make it out of out of all this bullshit. You end up on deployment. So wh- when you're on, you were saying you're in the middle of the ocean. So you're on a ship, right? Like, are you? Yep. Do you have to help run the boat, or are you guys just like in the hold, ready to fight? Like, how's a how's it work? Yeah, we're just uh, we're just kind of chilling. Uh, like we we would do our normal job. Uh, like we're like doing inventory on our stuff. We're running drills. Uh, PT, all that type of stuff, just waiting for whenever they act- might need us type yeah. thing. Um, and, or like like whenever we ported into a certain place. So when we were in Portugal, we worked with the Portuguese Marines. Um, I didn't directly work with them. I, a bunch of my buddies did, but like my unit and uh, did. Uh-huh. Uh, we went to the Middle East, did some work out that way. Um, just kind of like, it was mostly humanitarian type stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
my boys ended up staying um, and ended up actually helping take back Mazul. Oh, wow. Um, North, which was uh, ISIS took it over. But then uh, like a bunch of my guys, they were artillery. They ended up staying out that way and uh, cleared all that back. Jesus. Uh, and then the rest of us worked our way back home after that point because we had been in, we, we were in the Middle East, I think, for like three of the months that we were deployed. Not directly there. We were in like Oman, Bahrain, yeah. and all those uh, as well. But yeah, dude, it was, it was a wild time, man. Yeah, it, that's it a, was cr- it's a crazy life experience. When you're when you're in that situation, like you guys are obviously training like your bodies and minds to be ready for combat, like the staying ready so you don't need to get ready. If they need you, you come off the boat, you're ready to do whatever. What's your mindset like then? Because are you guys like? Because there's obviously conflict and stuff happening. Are you guys like mm-hmm. let us in there? We're ready to go. Like, is is that the like drive that you've got? You're like we're trained to do this. We want to do this, or are you like? Oh, yeah. I'm happy to chill and, and not be in war. Like, like what's the what's the mindset at the time? You know, I would definitely say like for my unit, everybody was kind of like, "Yo, we're already here. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, might as well use this for something instead of just sending us home without doing anything." Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, man, like, like I, I definitely like the entire time I was in, I wanted to deploy. I wanted to go out and do all that and use and, your uh, skills and like what you'd been working. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's everything you, like, sign up to do, you know, uh-huh. and then um, when I got home, I was just like, you know what, like, that, it, it was a good chapter for me, uh-huh. um, like, all, a lot of my buddies ended up staying, and most of my buddies ended up getting out, just because, uh, it's, it, a lot of it at the time was the, uh, the politics behind it all, uh-huh. like, not, like, who was president or anything, but, like, they wouldn't let us get sleeve tattoos and stuff like that, and yeah, it was all, like, yeah. little shit, like, yeah. Just the rigidity of military out, life kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, I got this cool travel, and now I'm trying to get all the sleeves and all that and, yeah. like, grow a freaking sweet beard and have people think I got wisdom and shit. <laughs> <laughs> that, as somebody with a sweet beard, I'll tell you that uh, that's not something that people think of me. So, <laughs> Hey, I can guarantee no one thinks I got wisdom. Yeah, yeah well, that's it. So, so you, get, you get off the boat, you've seen... You've seen the wrestling when you're there and you've started to get back into it. And it's funny that you said Roman Reigns and, and Sheamus and stuff because I remember online, I, I was back into it at the time, everybody was talking shit about Roman Reigns. Everybody was like, oh, nobody wants him, blah, 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 and that Sheamus shit. Like, no, nobody liked it and stuff. But it just goes to prove that there's something for everybody. And for you, at the time, with like not the context and not the internet in your ear and things like that, you were like, that was fucking awesome. And it made you sort of want to get back into wrestling, which is awesome. So you get back. How do you then begin to train? You're obviously somebody who's, you know, been trained in the military. You know how to fight. You know how to do things. You have a legitimacy about you. How do you then transition that into professional wrestling? Yeah, um, I actually, there's a place like, maybe about 45 minutes to an hour from me, um, Pure Pro Wrestling. Uh, shout out to them. I went up there, started my training process with a guy by the name of uh, Ace Evans. And then my buddy, who I'm in his group now, Death Red Army, Aaron Orion, uh, he scooped me up and kind of like fine-tuned me. And like he always joked, like I jokingly will call him my dad as well. Uh, and he like, he always says he like scooped me under his wing like a baby bird. 
he actually does a couple of podcasts where he says I came from his balls. Um, <laughs> but uh, he like picked me up, fine tuned me. I ended up uh, having the privilege and still having the privilege of tagging with him. Um, and we got to travel all through Canada working for like Destiny Pro, Super Kick. So like got to experience a bunch of cool things with that. Um, but like I, I just kind of I sat at home for a little when I got out and then I was like, you know what, dude, like we're not just going to talk about it. Like, let's go be about it. And I just like looked up the school. I made an appointment, went up there and they were like, well, let's have you try it out. And first day I was like running the ropes, all that. And like, I was getting the hang of it pretty quick. And then they were like, do you want to try a bump? And I was like, sure. They were like, so you're just going to like throw yourself down on the ground and, and kick your hips up. And I was like, okay, I did it. And I was like, that's not that bad. And they were like, that's pretty damn good. And I was like, Oh, okay. And they were like, can you do a front bump? And I was like, what, like a front flip? They were like, yeah, just land on your back. And I was like, okay. I did it, landed it, and that was good. And they were like, that's good. And I was like, I think I love this. (laughs) And then I ended up going back every, like, I was religious when I first started training. Like, for the first, I'd say, like, two years of my, like, wrestling, I was in in the gym, in the ring four or five times Oh, for just training a week. And then I would wrestle like one or two times in the beginning. Uh, and then like once I started wrestling like three times, I started only going like three or like two times. And then uh, it just pandemic hit and all that type of stuff. So, you know, but I still try and get out to the training as much as I can because like you just you never know, man. Like you, you'll you'll run in there. You might see somebody running through something and then be like, Whoa, that just gave me an idea. Like, I used to get some of the best ideas just from sitting around spouting shit with Aaron. And then he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like the little uh, yeah. the backpack cannonball thing that I do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, what if uh, I was like, I do the cannonball. What if I like had him in a fireman's carry and like tried to like sit out with it? He was like, what if you just put him in a backpack? Yeah. And I was like, oh, dude, they could like be choking me. And then I, I fucking hit him with, and he yeah. was like, yeah. Yeah. And dude, and it's just, just random shit coming up with. And then it's like, that's a fucking thing. And then I do it a couple of times and people are like, that's fucking sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It's funny that you mentioned Aaron Orion. So I was first exposed to you and Aaron at the exact same time, which is uh, in the pit. So the, is it seven? I forget. I forget the numbers. I don't remember yeah, anymore. Yeah. But uh, yeah, ICW no holds barred in the pit in that dusty ass barn. Um, everything got rained out. They had the shitty location, but it's actually my favorite pit because it just had that single light and it like would catch all the dust kicking up. So I saw Aaron Williams versus Aaron O'Ryan first, and I was like, "Yo!" Like I was familiar with Aaron Williams, I hadn't seen Aaron O'Ryan before, and I was like, "Yo!" And then I saw was it you and the Duke? Was it you? Yeah. And- yep. Where you got um you basically got put over that chair, like collapsed over over the steel chair, and it broke. It gnarly as fuck, and you're just like laying broken over this half-broken chair. And I was like, yo! Like, that was fucking crazy. And so, and then it wasn't long before you, you yourself started becoming a pretty regular part of ICW No Holds Barred. No, yeah. I've, uh, I've definitely been... Uh, I, I pretty much could almost thank everything all the amount of success and press and publication and all that stuff that i've gotten lately is definitely in part 
or if not all due to ICW. Like I, Danny is one of my top 10 human beings on the planet. Um, he does, he goes out, he, he, he saw something in me and he, he wanted to keep bringing me back and giving me these opportunities. Uh, and then I ended up having the opportunity with, uh, with Duke. And I think that was kind of my, like, all right, man. Yeah. We got you. And, um, Honestly, like that, same thing as you. Like that's my f- honest one of my favorite ICW matches of all time. I like, I showed up super late to the show because I was coming from some. I was coming from uh, from a party prior. Yeah, uh, like you were in a tux. Like, I heard <laughs> like you come from a wedding or some shit, right? And they're like, "Who's this motherfucker rocking up in the tux?" Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hilarious. I like get through the curtain, Neil Diamond Cutter's there, and he was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "Take a picture, brother, because I gotta take it off." And then <laughs> took it off, shoved it in my bag, put my shit on, walked out. My music hit. I walked into this thing, and I was just like, "Yo, I feel like I'm in Fight Club right now." Bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it, one of my favorite things about it is um, my my girlfriend was at that one as well, uh-huh. and she was in the crowd, and I can like see her when the crowd when the camera pans when when duke and i are smashing each other with the with the trash can lids Uh i just look at her and she's like (laughs) shook shook is the face and then i get like thrown into the door and she's like (laughs) (laughs) just freaking out like we get done with it i'm walking to the back she comes up to me she's like you good and i'm like yeah never better and she's like Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, they, they obviously, like, had, had scouted you and had thought something of you to, like, to put you in there with John Wayne, obviously the ace of ICW, and at the time, you know, riding as high as you can in the company. So for your debut to be against him, they've obviously kind of put you in there, like, let's see what he can do. That was actually my, my second match. Oh, was it your uh, second? With- what was the first? My my first one was ICW uh, No Holds Barred. I, I want to say fifteen. Um, I'd have to go back, but it was in Indiana against uh, Dale Patrick's. Oh, that's right, that's right. And again, Dale Patrick's at the time was like the MVP. Or like that was the road, right? It was sort of like the collision course where Dale was picking up steam, sort of heading towards John. And then they, and then then they would, did they have their match that was also in the pit that was supposed to be in the change that same weekend, right? Like, like the next night or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. We get, we get there. This is riveting was, listening uh, for everybody, but we got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that match was awesome though, because I, yeah. I, my mom was there with, uh, with one of my uncles uh, and a couple of her friends, and, and I just remember I was like a sheet of red. Yeah, and I had red shirt on so like i just looked fucked uh and i remember i was like i was like climbing up the chains and then i look up and murdoch's in the ring and he's just like holding his hand out and i was like i was like what is happening right now am i like am i hallucinating so i like grabbed him pulled me up and i was like oh this is this is real okay and like i think that was like his approval because he he had uh, seen me work a couple of times. I, I believe we'd worked together, just not in ICW at that uh-huh. point. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think that was like me, because like when I when I first started getting into the death matches, I, I 
I feel like a lot of guys were like, oh, he's just kind of using it to like stay relevant during the pandemic because that's yeah. all that's out there. Yeah. And, um, and that was genuine. Like it, it was me trying to like stay relevant, but it was also me just kind of wanting to like be the best at everything. Yeah. Like I, I, when I got out into being re- like a professional wrestler, like I, I, I set out because I wanted to be one of the greatest. Like I wanted people to be sitting there one day and be like, they ain't no Tommy Vendetta though. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That and to me, some of the great ones are they're some of the best technical wrestlers. They can go out there and have like a twenty-five minute classic. Then they can also turn around and deliver like this crazy hardcore met like Cactus Jack to me is one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time, and he does it all. Yeah, like absolutely punk thing like. These guys are able to, like, Sabu, like, RVD, uh, like, Rhino. You have all these dudes who are, like, people look at them as, like, the cult favorite. And it's like, yeah, they're, like, to to the diehard wrestling fans. Like, everybody knows those are those motherfuckers. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody at some point who was anybody, like, in the 90s cut their teeth in ECW. You yeah. know, like, that was, like, a thing. But, like, Stone Cold was in ECW yeah. at one point. Like, Absolutely. so like, like, part of it for me was wanting to show that I'm not only like the best on this side of like the normal wrestling, but like, I'm going to also be the best over here doing death matches because I'm just simply the best. Yeah. And that's always been like my mentality and approach. Yeah, exactly. Try it all out. Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to like pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So, if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So, yeah, nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels. Now, let's get back to the interview. So what was your, like your first death match? How did that opportunity happen? Was it something that you then started to seek or did somebody reach out to you? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, I actually, uh, I worked at a, I still work at a promotion up in uh, Northern Michigan called Mr. Chainsaw Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up uh, just like we were talking about wrestling mm-hmm. and he did a, uh, they did a hardcore match one night. And I just remember I was like watching it and I was just like, yo, like, when are we going to do one of those, man? And he was just like, you want to get involved in all that? And I was like, fuck yeah, why not? Yeah. He was like, okay. And then uh, next thing I know, it's me and Jimmy Lloyd in a death match. And I was like, Whoa. zero to 100. Uh, okay. We're just diving right in. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then uh, I remember I was like a deer in the headlights. Uh, shout out to Jimmy. He helped me like kind of understand the basics of it all at that in, in, at that um had a really good match and then i was hooked i had my second one was with akira yeah. and uh 
that one was the one where I got the full taste of it, where I was like, okay, like in the, in my first one, I just had some blood on my head and this one I was going to the back and I'm like, uh, can you guys wipe my back off for me? I just completely uh, (laughs) shattered to pieces. like uh, the, the after the one with Akira, I I was like I had two days off work, and I just remember I was like sitting around, like my shirts were sticking to me. Yeah. Like, and I was just like, man, this fucking sucks. And then I just remember like going through like social media and stuff and seeing everything, and people were like, yo, this was killer. This was so cool. I didn't know he had this type of thing in. And I was just like, okay. Okay. And then the next one, the pain got a little less. And then the next one, the pain got a little less. And then like, genuinely, it free- I think it freaks my family out. Sometimes I'll come home and I'll be like, Hey, can you help me glue this thing shut real quick? And they're like, glue, glue. Like my girlfriend's a saint, dude. The amount of times where like, she's put on like with new skin or something to like close it up. And that shit stings like a motherfucker. And I'll be like, motherfucker. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Ah, and she's like, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And then she'll sit and like fan it, trying to get it dry. <laughs> oh, like, but it, I, big shout out to her. She's like my personal nurse right now, man. Yeah, she's yeah. a doctor. In her eyes. Yeah, exactly. She'll be an expert by the time it's all said and done. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing, right? Like the, that sort of gets overlooked with death matches, I think is the aftercare and what you guys like go through afterwards you know it's a it's a big oh. sacrifice to sort of give for entertainment because it's i'm sure like while you're in it it's just you know it's adrenaline and it's excitement and you're doing all this stuff and you're probably not even feeling half of it but then afterwards in the coming days existing with those kind of injuries and stuff must be inconvenient you know it's it, it's inconvenient but um I also low-key kind of like it because uh, <laughs> I jokingly call myself a superhero all the time because, yeah. like, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm out there just people are screaming my name. They're wanting my autograph. They're taking pictures of me. They're all paying money to watch my matches. Uh-huh. And then Monday morning, I'm back at the shoot job. No one has any idea anything and then like uh i go to the gym all the time and i wear i usually wear something like this yeah. so like if my back got a top. bunch of stuff you can see them and shit and yeah. i have friends that are like they know who i am but they don't know like that style of the wrestling that i do yeah and i'm to them at the gym and they're like what what happened to your back man and i always fuck with them i'm like dude motorcycle accident <laughs> man i got picked off bike and dragged for a mile and a half man it's crazy and they're like when did that happen i'm like last night bro and what and i'm like dude i'm just kidding it was deathmatch like they're like what and i'm like yeah light tubes and then i got pull up footage and they're like why would you do that and i was like because it's fucking sweet dude because it's fucking sweet dude (laughs) it's hard hard to look at someone who who just survived a deathmatch who's like, I always like my the the one that gets everybody now is my the picture of me and Hoodfoot after mine and Hoodfoot's match yeah. uh, for RPW, mm-hmm. uh, and I just I had that white long sleeve on that was just red. Yes, I'm red. He's red, and we're just standing next to each other like. I uh, I was gonna bring up Ruthless because obviously you're pretty synonymous with them as well, and they're a, a promotion that I really like. Um, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I think it was when 
yeah, it was. It was the hood foot match or whatever. You you come into the ring and you you interfere at the end or whatever. And then basically you cut a promo that basically says that's not a promise, it's a death threat. I love that line, by the way. It was awesome. Uh, and I was like, this motherfucker cutting promos over here. It's awesome. But then, yeah, the match comes around and you just wear like a white long sleeve, just says fuck hood foot drawn on it in like Sharpie or whatever. What gave you the idea to do like the white long sleeve shirt rather than, you know, most people would just do sleeveless or no shirt or whatever oh dude it was uh i was watching uh jerry the king lawler and uh was it andy kaufman yeah 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 and uh where they did the slap shit and all that Uh the work was it Uh not yeah and i was i didn't know andy kaufman was in wrestling so then i looked up on youtube i looked up andy kaufman wrestling yeah and um it popped up as he he was wear like a white long sleeve shirt with white long johns and blue uh, like shorts. Yeah, and I was just like, "Well, I have a white shirt. I could definitely do it for like a wrestling match." And then I had Hoodfoot coming up, and I was like, "White with red is gonna look really sweet." Yeah, and then uh, it just was a plain white shirt, and I was like, "Well, I don't want to go out there with like a plain white shirt." Cause like, that's kind of just basic. And I didn't like, I couldn't like go and get it like pressed or anything with like a logo of mine yeah. or something. Uh-huh. And, uh, it was like day of, I was like, I got to put something on this. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do, but I got to put something. And, uh, I was thinking about just putting like the show name. And then I was like, no, I like jumped hood foot with a light tube and told him I was going to kick his fucking ass. So fuck hood foot. And then I was like, Oh fuck hood foot. And I wrote it on there and then put a little smiley face and uh and i remember i showed up to the venue i put it on and he walks around the corner and he looks at it and he goes you son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) it's a good idea because then it gives you the reason to be wearing the shirt because tommy vendetta's being a prick he doesn't fucking like this guy he's gonna go in there and kick his ass so rather than just like i'm gonna wear a white shirt because it's gonna get super bloody because everybody knows white on white gear goes hard especially like in death matches when you get to you know this it gives you a reason to wear that and then it can also be torn off you and all these things can happen it just gives you more dynamics i guess to the to the entire situation yeah exactly i just thought it was interesting because i'm like oh i never really seen that before it was cool yeah dude i i wasn't i it was really just meant to be a one-time thing uh-huh. and then uh Schwartzy actually uh, pulled me aside and he was like, Hey, you should do that. Yeah. Like that should be a thing. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, why not? He was like, don't do it. Maybe not all the time, but like for big matches, like put something on there and make it important. Yeah. Like I had, a, uh, it ended up not happening. My me and Joel uh, at ICW yes, yes. when they were mm-hmm. circus, it, it unfortunately didn't end up happening. But I had a whole shirt uh, written up where it was like the sick cunts tour, uh, like me and him versus blah, 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 like all of it. Like I wrote like a whole thing out of like a promotion flyer type thing and everything happened and it just ended up not being able to to come to fruition. And I just remember I was like, well, I got to wear this at some point. So I was like, well, I guess next time Joel and I cross paths, I'm just going to randomly have one that talks about Pit, I think it was like pit seven or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Too much detail in the thing, <laughs> the thing. But I mean, it's still relevant because you can kind of make it like this was supposed to happen and this was my opportunity. Because at that point, at pit seven, he would have already been the champion. Was the first match he had against Eric Ryan? 
So that was your yep. title match that got <laughs> taken, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how it got taken for those people who don't know was there was a stabbing in the car park. Like, yeah, take me through that. SPO took me through it when we did like a, a recap sort of thing. What was what was going on from your point of view? Um, honestly, we were just in the locker room, like kind of getting ready, and then they kind of ran down, um, told us everything that was going on, and then we all kind of ran out, assessed the situation, uh-huh. and then we were like, "Yo, we can't." we can't keep going. Like we gotta, we gotta stop yeah. and like figure this whole thing out. And um, big shout out to, to Danny and, and John Wayne Murdoch and Joel, like Joel, especially he, he was an intricate part in keeping everybody calm in that, in, in that respect of like, Hey, like he was there holding the dude's hand. Like he wow. was telling him he's going to be good. Like 10 out of 10, Joel is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. And, um, everybody came together and that's like genuinely I, when I, I got home real late, it was like four in the morning. And I, I remember I was talking to my girlfriend the next day and I was like, that's kind of what, like, that's why I like working for ICW is like, they, they understand that like there comes a point where, okay, this is going to take precedence than this. And, and while we all wish it didn't like the right call was ended up, ended up being made and we were able to have a great rest of the weekend and, it was honestly like one of the highlights of my of my month this month was the circus. I fucking loved it. It was awesome. Yeah, that's one thing. Like, uh, struggles often rip on Danny for the roll with the punches line and and stuff like that. But it really is something that makes that company really special. Be it something yeah. like that where it's like you know what the punches got us today. It's not appropriate or, or nobody's really in the the right frame of mind to continue. Blah blah blah. We're gonna leave it versus something goes wrong they swap things around and they'll they'll get somebody else there and they'll make it happen. Like he's just always keeps it moving. And there's, there's something like I think that has really helped cultivate the sort of rabid, very loyal fan base they have because of that because people see that hard work, you know? I would definitely agree with you on that, man. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And when you talk about Joel, also one of my favorite people, I've watched Joel in action, like in Melbourne sort of directing traffic for deathmatch down under, you know what I mean? Be it, uh, there, were, there was a couple of different situations, but but even like during Alex Cologne and Callum Butcher were wrestling a pretty intense, you know, all glass tube kind of thing. Joel was on the outside kind of running the ring crew, you know, doing the cleanup and stuff like that, telling people where to be, no, calm, stay, stay, okay, we're doing this, go there, like just fucking running the show and the the level of calm that he had and like handle on that situation. He's like such a level headed guy, you know, like he it was really, really impressive to watch him in his element, just essentially run, run the show, you know? Yeah, no, I like he, he, uh, he's honestly incredible, man. Like yeah. my, my girlfriend got like a very quick interaction with him in uh, New Jersey uh-huh. and, she even like we we talked about it for like 45 minutes on the way home she was like i've never had someone go out of their way to like take a moment and like introduce themselves like talk to me and like she like every time like i have shows now she's like when especially like for the circus she was really bummed uh she couldn't make it to either of the shows she was working but uh she was like is joel gonna be there and i was like yeah, he'll be there. And she was like, oh, well, tell him I say hi. And I was like, oh. 
I get there and I'm like, hey, Joel, my girlfriend says hello. And he was like, oh, tell her I said hi. I hope everything's going good. And I'm just like, they just, you can't, they ain't made like that. Anymore, yeah, yeah, man. exactly. You can't like fake that level of genuineness, I guess. What's the word I'm trying yeah. to say? You know what I mean? Integrity, like the way he he has those interactions with people is real. Like you can't fake that. It would be exhausting to fake that all the time. You know what I mean? It's just oh. who he is. And then that kind of bleeds into everything he does. I um when you speak about your earlier match with him, I also got to see that because it was for what's the other horror, demo? Huh? horror slam, right? Horror slam, yes. Uh, mutual friend, the Dread King Logan, had me on his phone, had me live streaming me on Facebook, <laughs> so I actually watched that <laughs> from his point of view uh, on his phone <laughs> when you guys were doing it because it wasn't streaming live or anything, which was awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Dude, that was I. I had so much fucking fun. I, I was showing up late for that one as well because I was coming from work. Mm-hmm. And I remember I walked in and like same thing we were talking. Like, like just he's calm. He's like, "What's up, man? Like just get your gear on. We'll be all right." And I'm like, "Yo, this. I'm, we're all right, man. I ain't even worried about yeah, this. I ain't yeah. even, even talked about anything. And I'm we're ready, dude. Let's go." Yeah, that's sick. That's awesome. Um. So as we look forward, I guess, like through uh, ICW No Holds Barred and things like that, what are you hoping for for the future, man? How are you feeling about how, how everything's going and where you want to be? Oh, dude, honestly, like uh, I tell Danny this every chance I get, like I'm I'm ICW until the wheels fall off, man. Like I, I'm there as much and as many times as they'll have me, like um, – uh, they they've been nothing but welcoming to me, giving me great opportunities, great exposure. Um, I, I like for me close short term goals. Uh, I'm definitely go- coming for the uh, American Deathmatch World Championship mm-hmm. that it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely going to come for that. So as much as I love Joel, he better keep one eye open. <laughs> Yeah, he got to keep his 180 open. You'll come around the corner and just fucking Spartan kick him in the chest when he least expects it backstage. (laughs) I haven't busted the Spartan kick out in a match yet. It's coming, though, man. This is Sparta. You just kick them through like a long (laughs) cabin of tubes. That'd be sick. There's something here. There's something you can workshop out of this move, I reckon. I like it. I like it. Fuck it. But yeah, man, I'm, I just, I, I'm looking to keep getting better. Uh, like, I've been lucky enough to be around guys who have the the wherewithal, the knowledge to give. And, and, and if I can just keep being around those guys and, and keep learning as much as I can, like, that's, that's genuinely all I need, man. Like, I, I'm loving every second of wrestling it, it kills me when i can't do wrestling like i i literally like have meltdowns where i'm just like you know oh my god like why yeah like, yeah live this shit man yeah one go one day hopefully i'll be living it and then not have to do anything <laughs> well that's it that's the dream right it's it's making money off doing it and doing what you love so that's awesome, man. And like from the outside out, I think that your your passion and excitement about it like bleeds through. It doesn't in the ring, and it does now. Like in speaking to you, conversations like this sort of reinvigorate me to keep doing the podcast. You know, it is like you know I work a shoot job. I've 
had lots mm. of sort of setbacks this year, you know, in, in my, my personal life and things like that. And sometimes you're like, oh, man, I've got to fucking got to get on this phone, you know, on my day off and I'm going to talk for a few hours and stuff. But I didn't feel like that at all. Like, and usually it's sort of, it comes back the moment I'm doing it, it's fine. But but with you, like, you were like, we're doing this. Like, you were like ready to go this morning and it like super got me pumped up and, and ready to rock. So yeah, I'm really excited to see what's next for you, my man. No, dude, I appreciate that. And same for me, like after the day I've been having, this is definitely, I, I, I literally, me and my girlfriend sat outside, we were smoking earlier yeah. and I was like, hey, I have a, uh, I have a podcast tonight. Yeah. Uh, if you want to like hang out with me while I do that, like we can just chill for a little bit, but I'm going to be doing that because I need this conversation. It'll be great. And yeah. I dude, it's been awesome. Thank you so much uh, for having me on. That's awesome, man. I, I, anytime, literally is absolute pleasure. Before we, before we wrap it up, I, we touched briefly on death threat army, but I just wanted to give you an opportunity to shout out your boys and co- sort of tell the story about that a little bit. Cause we kind of breezed over and I feel like it's a real big part of sort of like who you are and what you do. So you said that Aaron kind of scooped you up when you were training and pulled you under his wing. How, yeah. What, explain sure. death threat army for anybody that doesn't know it and sort of the incarnation is now. Cause there's quite a few of you, right? There's like four or five guys like more now. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. There's probably even more than that. And I just don't even know it at this point. <laughs> Um, but no, Death Threat Army, uh, Aaron essentially, it, it took him a while to finally get it, like is how he described it to me. Like when it finally the light bulb goes off and you're like, oh, this is professional wrestling. Yes. And uh, so he kind of wanted to create a group where he could bring guys that he felt had potential and, and, and give them the knowledge that they needed to succeed. And, uh, and we're also just a bunch of badass motherfuckers. Uh, but it's the, the main, the main crew that I roll with is myself, uh, Aaron O'Ryan. You got Jack Price who just got signed to impact wrestling. Shout out Jack Price. Yeah. Uh, we, we had Alex Weir. I'll, I'll still throw his name in there, even though he's retired. Uh, he says he's retired. He's like 22 years old. He'll be back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's weaponized Alex Weir, right? I think I saw him in the Ruthless Tag Tournament when you guys couldn't make it. I, they jumped in, right? Yep, 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 yep. He was for sure there. Um, then you got Isaiah Broner, yep. who – that's my dog. He's uh, awesome, He's my ride or die. Mm-hmm. I, I love that dude. Like, anytime – I need anything. I'll like some, put something in our little group chat and he's like, what's up dude. And I'm like, immediately it's like him and Jack almost side by side yeah. right away. Uh-huh. Um, and then we got, uh, we have Adam wick as well. Um, he's up and coming as well. He's still, I think he's like 22 as well. 23, 24, something like that. They're babies. But, uh, but no man, it, it's essentially just like we're a group of friends that just like-minded. We love wrestling. Like we ended up, just kind of meshing really well, especially Aaron and I, like we, we hit it, had chemistry right away. Uh, and which is why I think we took off as a tag team, uh, with me only being in at that point for like a year. Yeah. Uh, but he, they, like all of them, uh, I would definitely say like, I would not be where I am today without any of them. Like they molded me into the wrestler that I was and then pandemic hit and then I was kind of on my own. And at that point it was like, all right, now it's time to find out who I am. Uh-huh. Yeah. So at, at that point it was my turn to fly out from the, from the nest type thing. Yeah. But we're 
still we're still one big army. Yeah. We're we're still even though Aaron and I, as much as I, I hate to say it, Aaron and I got to fight about it at Chainsaw because we have some differences in how we want to uh, run the army. Okay, yeah. We'll see, man. He he he's gonna learn. He he hasn't seen me yet. In, yeah. in action that often since I've been this this version of me. Yes. So, but yeah. but I no, mean, you're man, pretty I, battle tested at this stage, right? Like, so he was obviously a big part of your training, but he hasn't mm-hmm. been been on like the all the shows that you've been on with like ICW and stuff. Like, he, I don't think he's gone through like the deathmatch wars and stuff he had. So I think there's probably a pretty if like a pretty different animal than the one he trained, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, like he was with me for the tag and stuff. Like he, that was predominantly like my whole first real year of wrestling was with him as a tag team. Yes. Uh, like my first two years really. Um, but I was, it was a kind of like looking back on it sometimes it looks almost like a little mini me version. Like I was just kind of like, he's my trainer. So I'm following his footsteps. Like I'm doing a lot of things. We have a lot of the same mannerisms. And then, uh, when I started doing the death matches and when I started kind of branching out a little bit more into the singles world of wrestling, uh, that was when you, like you started to see the, the, the lovable psychopath come yeah. out as a, to the prodigy that I used to be. Yes. But, uh, but no, it's definitely, it's the same guy, just a different beast. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so, so where, where did you say that your match with Aaron is? Uh, so that will be at Mr. Chainsaw Pro Wrestling. It, okay. it might not be live on IWTV, uh-huh. but it'll be. No worries. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, the the other people like uh, we've got uh, we've got to talk about, I guess, are of course Darren McCarty, who's a very big part of ICW No Holds Barred, and then I guess your number one fan in the entire world, Donald Holland, who nobody has what? a fan that rides harder for them than Donald Holland rides for you. Yeah. So we'll get, we'll touch on them one by one. So Darren McCarty is obviously a legit sports legend, you know, uh, NHL hall of famer, Stanley cup winner, somebody who, who, uh, you know, is a, a huge supporter of yours. He's somebody who reached out to me and I'm just like a podcaster in Perth, Western Australia. You know what I mean? Because he's, just so passionate about the things he likes. How was it getting to know Darren? It was, it still to this day feels like a fever dream. Um, Cause like I, I met him at a wrestling show. Um, I was taking pictures. Um, I was taking pictures with a bunch of like the title belts that I had at that point. And he came out and he was just like, Whoa, man, let me, let me take a picture of you real quick. And I was like, okay. And I was like, you want to get one with me? And it, meanwhile, on the inside, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, so you knew who he was at the time. Yeah, you were... I was the biggest Darren McCarty mark growing up. Oh, like, that's awesome. I, it, for me, like, there was this game called NHL Hits, right? Yeah. You, you would pick three uh, skaters and a goalie, uh-huh. and you would go up against three skaters and a goalie, And then if you, like, scored a goal, got into a fight, anything like that, like, your guy got set on fire. (laughs) That's sick. Dude, it was lit. So I would pick pick Steve Eiserman, Darren McCarty, Nicholas Lidstrom, and then uh, Chris Osgood or uh, uh, Dominic Hassan. And my whole thing was I'd pick a fight with Darren to start the match, to start the whole game. Uh He'd get on fire. Then at that point, he was unstoppable. Yeah. So then I would 
skate around with him, fucking dudes up, shooting the puck. It would go in, and I'd win in, like, five minutes. And, like, we would go to Red Wings games, and I would just remember, like, seeing Darren McCarty, and I was like, yo, this dude's amazing. And then he, like, just comes up to me. He's like, can I get a picture with you? And I was like, motherfucker, can I get a picture with you? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. And then, uh, no, man, we the same thing. Like, we just hit it off. We had great chemistry together. Yeah. Um, jokingly, I'll call him my dad now. Yes. Uh, he essentially is my dad. Yeah. Uh, but he, he genuinely, he looks out for me. Um, he, like, like uh Every now and again, like, I've been looking for a house lately, and uh, he'll, like, message me and be like, how's the house hunt going, man? And I'm like, shit, dude. Like, some of my friends don't even ask me these questions. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's a caring person, man. Like, he really is. Like, the people, you know, he's invested in or he cares about, cares about you know, it's real. Like, and that's uh, just definitely. who he is, you know. He's a, an amazing person. I, when when I was kind of, like, came across it, was from – you know, the pit, like ICW knows, but I told him, I'm like, I don't have ice in my country. Like, I don't know what ice hockey is. Like, I know what it is, but it's not like I've followed it my entire life, you know? So he wasn't Darren McCarty, the the ice hockey legend to me. He was like Darren McCarty, the wrestler. And he's like, now you're just stroking my ego, bro. Like he, he fucking loved that. Like, because it's, he's so passionate about it. And yeah, I just, I can't say enough about the class act. Like, yeah, genuinely, like uh, my my girlfriend and I, I think would both agree he's he's like family now, man. Like uh, I yeah. love that dude so fucking much. Yeah, like, he's he's gen- the best. Like all the all the other stuff is like just like such a genuine person. And then then the other genuine person, obviously Donald Holland. How how does it feel when you have somebody go in as hard? like as he does on Twitter to any promotion or whatever, where he, he thinks that Tommy Vendetta should be there. He'll just fucking tell him like straight out. He'll be like, has anybody thought about it? Tommy Vendetta? Like your, your phone must just be blown up with this man. Cause he's just about it. Dude, honestly, man, like, uh, I, I ran into him, uh, I want to say like 2018, 2019, uh-huh. uh, at a, a wrestling show in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up talking to him for a little bit at the show. Like, he brought his kids up. I was talking to his kids and then I just started seeing him more and more often. And so I would always go up and talk to him and just yeah. like give him like, cause I, anytime I see someone who cares that much about it, like I'm going to, I'm going to come up and be like, Hey, let's talk dude. Like, yeah. cause I like at the end of the day, especially for his kids, like they, their, their memories, they're never going to forget. Like not yeah. saying I'm like a big deal or anything, yeah, yeah. but like to them, I am a big deal. Yeah. So like when I got them running up to me, like asking to like me to sign something or like uh, him and his family will constantly like just every time they're coming to a show, they're like, hey, do you guys need us to bring like any energy drinks for your ride home? Like you need any snacks? You guys need any wrist tape? And I'm just like, yo, like they got me. I don't have it on, but they got me a, a, a gray version of this hat. Yeah, it's just Detroit bad boys on the front. Yeah. Yeah, and then on the back right here, mm-hmm. it has lovable psychopath uh, stitched on the oh, back. Oh, that's great. And they just gave it to me, and I, I just remember, like, I was getting it, and I was just like, dude, my people in my family don't give me gifts this much, man. Yeah, like, yeah. And, like we, we, I've just had the privilege of, of knowing them as a family, and especially as kids, getting to see them, like, even in the short little time that I've known them, like grow up and, and, and evolve and, and their tastes in wrestling are evolving now. And uh, we got to go to like uh, his youngest son, Wyatt. We got to go to uh, one of his uh, birthday parties. He had it like a <laughs> awesome. thing. Yeah. 
and uh, we ended up going. I legitimately had not been to one of those ever because they just weren't like a big thing when I was growing up. Uh-huh. I just remember having the time of my life and they were like, thanks for coming. I was like, no, thank you for inviting me, dude. Like yeah. this is not what I would go and do on my own. And like that there, I genuinely have told Don this a bunch. Like I consider them to be family as well. Like yeah. they, they do so much to support us. Anytime you got merch at shows that he's constantly trying to buy the merch. Like yeah. the biggest i like they're the biggest fans of me i'm the biggest fans of them like i aspire to be as good of a parent as they are to their kids like they are fantastic that's that's awesome man uh don has put it out there that when you and joel eventually do have your rematch we'll have a bet there'll be some stakes between faces and feels podcast and the holland family for who's going to come out on top there so yeah, I'm sorry I'll have Joel's back in that situation because I cannot pick you. Don would never let it happen. <laughs> it's understandable. I get it. I get it. <laughs> i got to represent Australia. But, dude, it's been so fucking good getting to know you, man. I can't wish you any more success, man. Yeah, I, we definitely got to do this again, yeah, for sure. We will, man. We'll find an excuse for sure. And then hopefully, like I said, there's been no announcements yet. We only know two of the combatants in ICW No Holds Barred when they come to Melbourne to verse Deathmatch Down Under. We know Schlacker's coming and the Duke, John Wayne Murdoch. But we've got to cross those fingers and hope that the lovable psychopath Tommy Vendetta is one of them. And if so, then I'll get to meet you face to face and that'll be fucking awesome. Hell yeah, man. I'm down. We'll have a beer about it. Absolutely, we will. We'll, put, we'll fucking be going a few. I've only told a couple of people this, but it will actually be my 40th birthday that weekend. So I know it's hard yeah. to believe with these youthful good looks that that's the case, but it is. So yeah. I'll be down to uh, fucking party. Definitely <laughs> would have put you at 40. I would have given you like in your 30s, bro. Oh, hey, I'll take it. I'll take it where I can. This this luscious gray, the gray is getting real. Well, it's not even gray. It's white, <laughs> stark white coming in, but I will take that compliment. Thank you so much. I like to end every podcast with compliments about how I look. So, dude, tell the people where to find you on social media, yeah? Yeah, man. uh, Lovable psychopath underscore DTA on Instagram. Uh, On Twitter, it is at Tommy underscore Vendetta. Uh, And then on Facebook, just look up Tommy Vendetta. Same thing on TikTok, Tommy Vendetta. YouTube, Tommy Vendetta. Uh, I'm trying to get some vlogs going. Uh, just so that everybody can see the stupidity that is the lovable psychopath. <laughs> yep. uh, but yeah, man, definitely check it out. Yep, totally. It will send me all the links and stuff, and we'll make sure we attach them to this episode. And for everybody out there, for the lovable psychopath Tommy Vendetta and for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks everyone for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. Vinyls and Violence, a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalized Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence, 
I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something. 